Hey, hey, welcome to the Mindset on Hustle podcast. This is your host, Darrell Tyler. Welcome to the show where we reveal the very nature of man, success, motivation, and the social era of today. Thank you so much for listening. Today, we have a very special guest with us. His name is Sylvania Harrod, and we're going to be going deep on the subject of leadership, what it takes to be a leader, what does it mean to be a leader, how you can develop your leadership skills, and everything in between. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me in welcoming Sylvania Harris. Anyone that's listened to this is probably familiar with who you are, and I just want to kind of give them a little bit of background before we get into today's subject. No problem. So uh, just to give myself a little bit of an introduction, um, I would, I always like to sum things up into the smallest level format, um, because my background is I spent a little over five years in the United States Army, um, working with, with conventional forces and special operation forces and training them around, uh, mental health and being able to be there as well as after I got out, I spent the last 10 years in, in corporate America, mainly in, um, information technology sales. So I've had the privilege of working for numerous different Fortune 50 companies and and excelling and, and winning numerous awards while I've done that. And the coolest thing I would say about just anything is that I'm just a lover of people. I had to really break it down to that. Mm. Um, I love nothing more. Um, so it, like, it's, it's funny because I work with engineers. And so engineers, uh, typically, they, like, they love working with technology because technology doesn't talk back, you know. But... Right. For me, since I've been a little kid, I've always been passionate about, like, what's possible for people. So there's certain people in life that, that I've discovered that they just, they can only see the best of what's in people. And that's kind of where they hold the standard to. And that's kind of, if people want to really learn a little bit about me, that's kind of who I am. So I've always been able gotcha. to take complex, complex subjects, make them very simple. And mm-hmm. and really share that with other people, helping them gain access to a level of freedom that they may not have known about before. Hmm. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense, um, especially with like today's uh, the show would be pretty much based on leadership. And leadership mm-hmm. is one of those things where uh, it's an intangible. And so it really makes sense how you know how to take like complex intangible such as leadership and like character and all this other stuff and actually define mm-hmm. it in uh, tangible ways that make sense um, to people who yeah. probably would have never found out about it if it wasn't for you. So it's, it's kind of funny that you made mention of that because you know what I found out? A lot of times when I tell people, they're like, so what is it that you do? And I'm like, oh, I build leaders. And, they, and people naturally mm-hmm. look at me and say, well, I'm not a leader. I'm not in a leadership position or anything like that. And I always, I always challenge them and say, I bet you are. And they're like, well, I'm not. Um, I'm only the person who works the front desk at my company, and nobody really pays attention to me and those kind of things. I'm like, well, if you think about it, if you're a company and I'm walking into an office space, the first person I'm going to engage with happens to be the person who gets to set the tone for the building. Mm-hmm. And their engagement with you is going to literally set the tone that happens to be there. And so you have the opportunity to influence them. Because if we really break down leadership, it's nothing more than the ability to influence others. So you have the ability, you have the, you have the ability to influence somebody. They can come into this office building and you could be mean, crabby, and rude. And they're like, man, I never want to go there again. Or you can, you can, you can smile at them, welcome, welcome them, have them come in there, and they can have a completely different experience of what's going on. Because you never know. If maybe that person's coming in for an interview. You know? Maybe that, that person is like maybe that person could be the number one client for that business that could fundamentally transform that, which could mean you could end up getting a bonus because they have extra cash flow. You never know. And so something as simple as that could be the difference in how that person's day is influenced and changed. So, to me, every individual is a leader. It's just whether they determine mm-hmm. to turn on that button or not. Gotcha. Okay. Because, like, you know, like, uh, if you ask, like, the typical person um, what they thought of leadership or what leadership is, they would um, they would immediately go to, like, 
this image where like some guys like ruling or like a dominating <laughs> over a group of like 10 people yeah. or something like that. And, mm-hmm. and he's like telling them what to do. And he's like waving his finger. I would say so too. Um, I would agree with that because here's the thing. There's leadership and then there's management. Yeah. Yeah. Like there, there's a difference. Like management is a technology, mm-hmm. you know, like it's like, like, okay, I can go ahead. Like you can get into an automobile and there's a certain result that happens to be there. Compared to like you can you can have an experience when you're when you're being driven. So give you a practical example. Um, I don't know if you've ever had the privilege of driving a Tesla before. I have not. Okay, so I remember I remember the first time I got the opportunity to drive a Tesla because I'm I mean I'm a huge Tesla fan. Like just seeing what they're doing and their business model and what goes on there. Well, I had the opportunity of actually getting inside of one. And I drove it um, for a day. And actually, this weekend, I'm actually doing like a weekend test drive. But I get Great. into the car. And I, I, I'm I, like, first thing, you walk up to the car. It already knows, like, if you have a key in your pocket or not when you get close enough. And the door handles mm. pop right up. So, like, you're like, all right, this is kind of cool. You sit inside of the vehicle and you realize that this is, you're like inside of an, an iPhone on wheels. It's intelligent enough <laughs> to understand, like, your personal settings. How, what stations you want to have there, like, it, like it, it knows what's going on. And that's just, that's just like getting in the car and sitting down. Then, once you take off, but because it, there's no combustion engine, it has instant power. So anybody who, who has a lead foot, like, it's just like, imagine, like, instantly having power whenever you want to. So you're like, you get in the car and you're just like, boom, just drive it. So, like, you're like whipping in and out, and then they showed me the autopilot feature. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I go and I'm like, okay, this is a little bit scary at first because you're like, I'm in a car on the interstate doing like 60 miles per hour and then the auto, autopilot feature turns on. And at first you got your hands by the steering wheel kind of like you have your toddler learning to climb up a ladder like on the fly and stuff like that. You're like, don't fall, don't fall. But after <laughs> a little while, you, you realize you're like, oh my God, this is actually really cool. And then once you start engaging in it more, you're like, oh, this is extremely convenient. I can see what's going on. And you go through that process, you can lock the car, set the AC, roll the windows down, everything from your phone. Like, set it up, everything that you want to do, so you get on the car and it's there and it's ready. And then, like, unfortunately, I need to give the car back to the owner, you know? Unfortunately. Yeah, and go go back into my car, right? So Uh they're both automobiles, you know? Both, like, like, like I, I happen to be privileged enough to have um, owned a, quite a few Mercedes. And so, yes, nice. people think of, like, Mercedes as a certain status symbol and being able to do things, like, but that's irrelevant. It's, it's a luxury vehicle. Going from a yes. Tesla back to, back to a Mercedes was a different experience because I, like, go in and, like, the door handles didn't slide out for me and, like, and, like normal things. Because, <laughs> like, 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 yeah. like, even in a Tesla, like, once you're inside the car, you don't push a button to start the car. You just put your foot on the, ga- on the, on the brake pedal, and it turns on. So I'm like, um... man, now I've got to lift my arm and push the button. And be able to... <laughs> so what, I, what I'm saying is that they're both automobiles. Uh-huh. They both do things. One just gives you a fundamental different experience. And that's the mm. difference between leadership and management. Management gotcha. is all about command and control. It's like, oh, I want to be able to do this. And I'm setting tasks for people to do what I want them to do. Compared to leadership is more, leadership is more like the autopilot feature on a Tesla. Like it's like, okay, mm. here's the direction we're going. Now let me, let me let go of my hands of the steering wheel mm. and watch you as you go. And if we get a little bit out of line, I can grab the steering wheel back and then be like, all right, course correct really quick. Like, okay, this is what's happening. Let's course correct a little bit. And then watch the autopilot feature go. To me, that's the difference. Mm. So you're saying that, um, so correct me if I'm wrong here, but you're saying like the (laughs) Tesla itself is what you would consider a leader to be. And I guess the driver would be, uh, the driver would be like, I guess, the person who's within the group or um, yes. helping hands or the partner, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's a great metaphor. I've, I've never actually heard anyone put it that way, but it kind of makes sense um, once you start adding in all the little features and the different experiences between a Mercedes and a Tesla. You can kind of see mm-hmm. how like the Tesla 
Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes, of, that makes a lot. And of even funny, uh, even funnier comparison of why a lot of the internal components of a Tesla are actually a Mercedes. Wow, I did not know that. A lot of, a lot of people don't know that. Only reason why I know that is I went in and I'm like, I know these buttons. I know all these things. I know the way these. <laughs> I think the all these Tesla just went up here. Yeah, like think about think about that. So it's like it still has the same capacity in the management perspective. So you still have a lot of the right. same features that can that can be there. At times they can be servant-ish, like an, as far as a servant leader, but it's more of a mindset rather than just the tool itself. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Now I'm glad you said that because of the mindset thing. I was actually leading into one of the questions that I had here. Are leaders, uh, so is there such thing as a natural born leader or are they made? Because when we talk about mindsets, um, it's obvious that mm-hmm. mindsets have a lot to do with how someone's developed and the experiences that they go mm-hmm. go through. But um, it just seems that, you know, I guess in small cases throughout history that we seem to have these natural born leaders. And I just wanted to kind mm-hmm. of get your, get your perspective on that. Well, I have never walked through the NICU or any of the any of the newborn wings and seen like leader plastered on any baby that happens to be there. Like I've never seen that before. <laughs> like ever. Like, <laughs> like if somebody if somebody has like they probably had a prank joke where they were just like this one's a leader and this one's not. That one's a leader and that one's not. It all comes down to a <laughs> fundamental mindset. Every mm-hmm. every single one yeah. is developed and developed. Yeah. Okay. So. So what exactly is the fundamental mindset of a leader? Like what are things that they are beliefs that, that they need to have in place in order for them to be successful at what they do? I would say that it has to come down to it, it, like an attitude of service. So when it comes to an actual leader, I would say there's a couple of things. So there's, there's an attitude of service. There's an attitude of authenticity. There's an attitude of vulnerability. Um, there's an attitude of, of mastery, you know, gotcha. um, and there's also, I would, I would call it like, this is, there's an attitude of humility as well. And why I pick those is because I, I always think of it as a leader, as a good parent, you know, when a person is a good parent, what they're looking for is they're looking at. I don't want to impose myself on my child. Like I have my own goals, ambitions, and and drives that I have in the way I'm designed. I'm not going to go to my four-year-old daughter and expect her to be the exact same person as me. I'm going to look at my four-year-old daughter and I'm going to be an example that she can see in life that if you, if you just make these decisions, you can have a certain level of impact. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that she has to go into want to be an entrepreneur, that she has to want to go in corporate America and be in IT sales in order for me to accept her, you know? Mm-hmm. But what it means is that she can choose, like, whatever desire, like, if, if my daughter shows up to me one day and she says, Dad, I want to be a professional ba- ballerina, I'm like, okay, that's completely fine. If you want to do that, here's what it will take to be there. You can choose to accept that or not. And if she does begin yeah. to choose those things and she does begin to take that action, then that means that I'm going to go ahead and, and remove all barriers and distractions that will take her away from being able to get to the level of excellence that she, that she is capable of. And that may be, maybe we need to move, maybe we need to move to a different area. You know, yeah. maybe we need to move to, to an area where there's a better school that can support that. So that may, that may mean I may have to sell my house and move. You know, maybe it means like rearranging my schedule so that therefore we can take her to the ballet class or finding a way to be able to get there. You know, there's a lot of maybe that could possibly happen based upon what will best support her to be the best she possibly can be. Which if we take that to like corporate America, a lot of times people have their own initiatives that they want to do. So maybe they're trying to get promoted. Maybe they're trying to, 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 to get to a certain level in their, in their business, a certain earning. So what they mm-hmm. do is they say, I need you guys to do these things. And then when a person doesn't want to live up to their own expectations, they get frustrated. They get upset. 
And this may not even be an, an interim employee. It may be a customer, right? We're like, this customer's stupid. They didn't want to buy my product. They didn't want to do these kind of things. <laughs> and sure. they, they like to point fingers and say, this person stinks and this person stinks, rather than looking at what serves the customer best. Because sometimes my stuff isn't the best stuff out there for them. Sometimes my mm -hmm. stuff may be the most expensive thing for them, and they can't get the necessary approvals there to get it done. You know? Maybe I didn't Make show up sense. and communi communicate it effectively enough for them to understand. So as long as I'm willing to maintain accountability and share that with people, fundamentally makes a difference. You know, you, you brought up an interesting kind of point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you definitely brought up an interesting point about your daughter and like you being a leader for her means that um, when it comes to her dreams, um, you have to make that just important, just as important as as your own endeavors. And um, agreed. That, that's a really that's a really interesting point because I think um, when, when we talk about like the average person um, about leadership, a lot of times leadership is is, is spelled as um, what you can do for me. And uh, as a leader, I, I feel like you're kind of drawing into the point where you're like, okay, what can I do for my people? Like, how can I serve them as yes. much as possible? So, so becoming a leader, I think a lot of times we think like, when you become a leader that you're doing less work and like the people that are your subordinates are doing more of the work. And um, that was true. I, I think, I think that's where we're getting it wrong. Cause it sounds like what you're saying to me is like, when you become a leader, like not only are your responsibilities important to accomplish, but so is everyone else's responsibilities. And so mm -hmm. you're saying as a leader, you have to be able to like ch change or like be adaptable to whatever the circumstances, um, whatever circumstances are around in order to support your team. And, and, that, yes. and that, that's just vital. That, that, that's extremely vital. Um, I, I, yeah. I love that. I love that. I think that's great. Yeah. I'll give you, I'll give you another example. Um, so like a, a real world example. So currently I'm an entrepreneur and I'm, and I'm, I'm building a business while I'm still working in corporate America. And I have conversations with people. And some of the first things I ask them is not necessarily what's your price, what's your product, or so, like any of those kind of things. I ask them, what is, what is your mission? You know, like, tell, me, tell me a little bit about you first. Because I, I look at in business, 10% is the tools and the mechanics. You know, those things happen to be there. But 90% happens to be with psychology. So I always like to understand where a person is. And one of the people I was talking Absolutely. to, she happened to be a virtual assistant and, and was, was asking about getting clients and virtual assistant, those kind of things. And I really wanted to understand where, where, where are you at today? And then where do you want to be in three years? Because if, 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 this, if this thing that I'm talking to you about doesn't help you get to your three-year mark, then it's completely irrelevant. And that's how a lot of people get distracted in the shiny object syndrome. And they, they go into like this, in business conversations, it's like you want, it's like uh, two sharks trying to battle mentally when people are like, oh my God, this is what's going on. And I'm like, don't be a shark, be a dolphin, you know? Because a dolphin can go, you know, like a dolphin goes up and it can, it can be able to understand they're very agile, they're very cunning, they're very keen, and it can take down a dolphin if it needs to. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, yes. figure out what they actually need. And figure out, like, what do you actually need? And I always discover what is, like, the case of the virtual assistant. Um, she, was, she was going through a process where she supports, like, five of her family members and being able to be there as a sole income earner. Her husband's disabled. There was other things going on. So really what she wanted is she, she didn't want a business model or learn about Bitcoin or whatever the hottest trend is. She wanted something that was going to give her flexibility to be able to support her family while generating income on demand. You know what I mean? So that's oh, fundamentally, that's different. I'm like, you don't necessarily want to be a virtual assistant because that's the skill set you had. What you want to learn about is affiliate marketing. And so from that level, she told like, wow. And I'm like, and by the way, here are the people that I know will work best for you to work with and engage rather than me trying to sell her something that's not going to work. 
Like, I could sell her, earn the commission, and be, wow. and be good, or I can serve her soul, give her what she needs, and then mm-hmm. watch, watch, watch that energy go out into the world and come back three times full. That's amazing, because when you think about it, um, a lot of the times uh, when, when the average person thinks about leadership, we always think, like, hey, uh, what direction am I giving to people here? What direction am I giving to people mm-hmm. there? Um, and when we forget that listening is also a big part of it. And it sounds like from mm-hmm. your story, like, just because you took the time to listen closely to what uh, she was saying, you were able to decipher in your own experience what exactly it is mm-hmm. that you're trying to get at. Because we're not yeah. always clear on what we want. I mean, as humans, mm-hmm. uh, we say we, we want to hit the lottery, but when really we just want to <laughs> relax for a few days. <laughs> you know, and yeah. a lot of times our signals cross, and we're not always sure exactly what we want, but we know the feeling mm-hmm. that we want. We're always sure about the type of yeah. feeling that we want, but when it comes to, like, the literal, like, what exactly it is that we want, uh, a lot of times we have a hard time translating that. And so like, just yeah. because of, and just because of you, your vast experience, your, uh, your, your, your past recent experiences, you were able to listen to what she was saying and decipher, um, what it actually is that she wanted to create for her life. So that's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Because I, I've, I've had the privilege of, I, I would say learning counseling very young in my professional career was the best skill set I could ever have because you literally have to sit down with another individual for an hour block schedule of time. And for that hour, 55 minutes of them is, is listening to them speak. Hmm. So when it came, okay. when it came to there, it was, it was ingrained to just kind of, and, and I get excited about things. So a lot of times, it's still hard for me to do that, but right, getting right. to understanding the kind of like the engineer mindset of what is the root thing they actually desire. And a lot of times mm-hmm. I've learned, especially doing a lot of uh, like strategy sessions or first calls with people, is that whatever they initially tell you they want, it's not actually what they want. It's what their brain has convinced them they believe will be a solution to their problem. So let's look at it from, from, from an example of um, let's, the fitness industry, easiest lane to be able to do. person goes ahead and says, I want to lose 20 pounds. And you're like, okay, why do you want to lose 20 pounds? Well, if I lose 20 pounds, then I'm going to be able to fit into my bikini. Then I'm going to feel good about myself. Then, then, then people will love and connect with me. They don't really go to that part, but they're like, I just, I just want to look good in my bikini by summer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Most people say, great, I have a plan. I know exactly what we can do. Here's the things that we need to be able to have here, and you'll look great in your bikini. Fast forward six months later, they get into their – if they even make it that far, you know, to actually doing the workout <laughs> and getting things and being able to – like, let's not forget about that piece. Let's say they are the yeah, rare breed that actually goes through the process and gets to their destination that they want to go to in six months, and they're in the bikini. Right. Guess what ends up happening? they still feel the exact same way of what they did before they initially started doing the exercises and getting in shape and doing those things. Or they Whoa, get to wait, that point. Even after the bikini? Even after the bikini. Even after they able to even, get in it? Wow. Even after they get to the bikini because guess what? Like, we can go over the Like Let's say they go, they go and they get the bikini. They get there. And then mm-hmm. six months later, guess what? They're going to be right back to where they were before, more than likely. Give them a year, give them two years, they'll go right back to the sh- – to the shape that they were close, maybe not as bad, but somewhere near there because it was not about the bikini. What they were actually mm-hmm. looking for was they were, they were looking to be accepted, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem is they planted our apple seed expecting to get oranges. They thought that, okay, yeah. if I just go ahead and I exercise, right now I'm currently feeling a little bit of unworthy. Maybe I don't have a lot of acceptance for myself currently, but if I just do this thing outside of me, then that will be the problem. That will solve the problem that I'm looking to solve, which is the lack of acceptance I have for myself. Yeah. See what I'm, it's just, you ever had somebody that, 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 that dreamed about going ahead and buying a new car and then they bought the car seven months later, time. guess what? Yes. It's just a car. 
Now there's something else. Yep. There's another shiny and object you're going to go chase. Yep. Next year, they're always looking for the next hunt. Yeah. It's a next, it's, it's, it's human nature. We're designed to, mm-hmm. like, once we accomplish something, go on to the next thing. Because we've been trained right. that something outside of ourselves is going to help us feel a certain particular way. It's not true. Never was. Mm-hmm. So for homegirl who went ahead and got into the bikini, and we can see her as, wow, look at all the dedication, look at everything that she's done to be able to get there, and we can see her as that level. Like, we accepted her the entire time. It's just like, wow, I'm just, I'm just amazed at your commitment. She never experienced it because she trained the wrong thing. She trained her external body, uh, not her internal mind. Hmm. So as a leader, um, let's say, like, if I was, like, a personal trainer, obviously, I would be considered a leader for my clients. How mm-hmm. exactly would a leader go about um, defining these needs for, um, for their clients? Like, how exactly would you go about that? That's a really good – and that's a good question. So the way that I would suggest to them is, number one, figure out what the root cause is. Figure out what mm-hmm. they really are looking to do. And that's the question behind the question. So whatever they actually say they want, ignore that. Mm-hmm. Until you get down to the root cause that happens to be there. And gotcha. once, you get to, once you get to that root cause, ask them, so let's say for the example of the girl, the first one, she, she goes, I just want to be in shape. Well, I've been a mom. I haven't, I haven't felt good about myself since I had babies the last six years. I have this additional flab that's down here, and I don't feel comfortable enough to go into the pool without my shirt on or without wearing a, a one-piece bikini or being able to do that kind of stuff. Okay? Well, let me ask you a question. If you were, let's imagine today that it's seven, eight months from now, and you were able to go ahead and actually – wear that bikini and you're wearing that and you're having that there and everything that you ever wanted in life was right there in front of you seven months from now. How would you feel? Mm. Get them to identify the feeling that they would experience. Not just like, I would feel good. Like, come on, it's got to be better than that. Like, I feel good when I eat a cookie. How would you actually feel, you know? <laughs> and they'd be like, right. man, I'd, I'd feel enthralled. I'd have so much confidence. I'd be able to be there. Once they list out those things, that's what you train. You train that confidence. You train that enthrallment. You train that, that, that acceptance. And what happens is, uh, if you begin to have them pay attention to that every day, you know what I mean? So maybe it's one quality. So let's right. say it was that acceptance, which is really what they actually want. Let's say, let's mm-hmm. say every, every day they woke up and they wrote themselves a note. Like, I accept myself because. I accept myself because, and they did that like every day as they were training. And even while you were working out with them mm-hmm. and you were training them, like, why do you accept yourself in this moment? Well, I only did five reps. No, 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 no. That's not a level of acceptance. You did four reps today, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, last week you only did three. Holy crap. I'm making progress. And you have them yeah. and you're coaching them while they're there and you're training their mind while mm-hmm. training their body, which means it'll tie together even more, which means that. That is some powerful you have, stuff. Agreed. So you have them everywhere they go. Like when, when they're going out and they're doing things, they're looking at how they are accepting themselves. When they make a mistake, okay, you made a mistake. Guess what? Can you accept yourself in this moment because you realize you're human? Yes. And you have them do those things. And what will end up happening is what they expect to do in six months, they will do in four because they changed their mindset internally, which means even if they don't get to the results where they have the eight-pack abs, they already accept mm-hmm. themselves. They've trained their acceptance muscle internally, which will mean that they will get to a result and they will absolutely love it. Wow. That's, that's, that's leadership, is you're helping them become the best versions of themselves. That's incredible. Because, I mean, like, even from, like, the fitness standpoint, um, we're not mm-hmm. going to the gym because we really uh, because we want six-pack ads like you mentioned before we're actually going because we want some sort of validation or some sort of acceptance from uh, the external well not even just the mm-hmm. external world around us but from ourselves mm-hmm. as well um, yes. i think the biggest part is that we, we go to the gym to get the six-pack because we want to accept ourselves 
Yeah, absolutely. And then wow. it, it also feels it also feels cool to like be able to walk on the beach at any time of the year and be like, boom, mm-hmm. look at this kind of element, kind of being there. And then if if, you're, if I'm a personal trainer, I'm a I'm a product of what I'm delivering for people. So if I'm a, that's like having a barber with a bad haircut, I ain't trusting him. You know, <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah, you're definitely right. You can't cut your hair, but you want me to let you cut mine? Don't touch me. You know, it's like <laughs> you're you're a product. You're a, you're a product of that. So it's another level of that's just strengthening. If you don't have it dialed in properly, what what will end up happening is you'll watch this like they'll get to a certain level or physique and be like, that's not good enough. I need to push harder. I need to get better. I need to be there. And they spend so much time in the um, in the achievement zone, not in the acceptance mm-hmm. zone. So there's nothing wrong with like except like hey I'm right here this is where I'm at today and whether whether I'm I'm 250 pounds or 150 pounds nothing changes that level of acceptance I have for myself it's just another it's just another tool to be like hey let's go play with this for a little bit you know that's the difference when it comes to the, the like that space how important is self awareness to leadership if you don't know yourself you can't help anybody else. It's the most. It's one of the most critical pillar foundations. So, as far as knowing yourself, like what? Because, like, when you th- when people think about self awareness, um, mm-hmm. a lot of times we jump to the superficial meaning, which is uh, what is sure. what are our likes, what are our dislikes. No. So, when it comes to self awareness and leading others, um, how mm-hmm. exactly does that play into leadership, and how would someone uh, become self aware enough to become a leader? For Really good question. So I'll give you an example of, of like my my children. So um, my my oldest girl is a is a little bit more um, like she expresses emotions differently than my youngest daughter. And so okay. I was sitting there and like I remember having a conversation with her and she would just start crying and be able to do stuff. And if I wasn't self aware, like I would miss the whole piece of her being a different human being. And not only that, but more importantly, the stories that I had in my head that were told to me about what a good kid's supposed to be look like. You know what I mean? A, a child's supposed right. to be seen, not necessarily heard. If you grow, if, if you grow up and you express your emotions, people are going to think you're soft and they're going to and they're going to run all over you. And a lot of the different stuff that was my stuff, not hers. So if I wasn't self-aware enough. I would keep showing up. I would keep getting frustrated, and I, and I would not be able to connect with my daughter or be able to authentically lead her. So if I'm not aware of, of kind of like my, my patterns that, that, that may be there or the things that trigger me and get me upset, then I would be at a space where I can't authentically lead her. Because I, so when I think about the, you see all the strengths and weaknesses, it's not really bad. But if I look at the things that, mm-hmm. that, that may have created a different response for me growing up, without that self-awareness, I, I, would, I would not be able to lead them. Or, or even something simpler, like a lot of people have bosses that are challenging. So they go ahead and they're like, well, I don't trust my boss. Really? It's not their boss they don't trust. So if you think about like a lot of people who have trouble with bosses, it's not their boss mm-hmm. that they actually have trouble with. It's whoever is the image of a person they hold in their head that was a boss that may have, they may have been betrayed of before. Or maybe it was a relationship uh, they had previously of a person that betrayed them, and that person unconsciously rem- reminds them of that person. So they natively get around them, and they're just like, I just can't trust you. I can't be able to do these things with you. When it has nothing to do with that individual, and they never gave that, that actual individual a chance. That makes sense? That makes a lot of sense. So, Absolutely. Yeah, that so, makes a lot of sense. So if you're in the place of, like, leading, you know, and, and being that example and showing up with them, if you don't know what's going to set you off where you don't even realize that you've been set off, how can you authentically be there and be in front of another individual and, and, and give them any kind of chance or advice or allow them to be the best version of themselves? You're also mm-hmm. thinking deeply into into their own experience as well, um, because mm-hmm. you've got. Well, yes, you, you're seeing how you react to the world around you, 
um, you have to mm-hmm. definitely take that all into account, especially your own past experiences, like you just mentioned, with um, different responses in childhood and how that can mm-hmm. make a big difference. Um, but yeah. once you understand that, you're also saying that you also have to understand the experience of, of the mm-hmm. person that you're yeah. leading and understand their own background and how they interpret things and, and how they could respond to different situations as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, I remember Jocko Willink in his book, um, talks about, he said, he was talking about how as a, as a, extreme as a leader ownership. on the battlefield, yeah, I'm extreme ownership. Yes. I'm extreme ownership. He's talking okay. about the chapter, and I, and I remember this quite well. Like when he was deployed, and he uh-huh. there was there was a gentleman that he like got out of the vehicle and he was chasing him down. And before he knew it, he was like running all through all through the block trying to trying to get these two guys. Got them there, and before he realized, he looked up and he was like, "Oh my God, where in the world are we?" And he's uh-huh. the leader of that of, of that entire so that so he's like way down the street away from away from his troops away from comms, people can't get a hold of him, being able to do things. For all things, they could think he's dead somewhere, and they don't know what's mm-hmm. going on, and they're stuck in a position that may have created an ambush, all because he got so locked in as a SEAL to go after and get the target. So in that mm-hmm. situation, it could have been detrimental to the rest of his group, but he luckily had the self-awareness enough to, to like, once he got to that point, to, number one, be able to accept himself. Number two, be able to say, okay, the next time a situation like this arises, how am I going to act differently? I, I screwed up. Yeah. I did this. Here, here, here's, here's an opportunity for me to learn and do something differently, which fundamentally meant as they were doing different missions and what happened from there, none of that would have been made possible if he didn't do that. Because sometimes managers will come back and be like, why aren't you guys go after me when I had this other guy? You didn't see me go ahead and doing this? Because they weren't aware or tuned enough with themselves to realize that if I'm actually yelling or blaming something somebody else, I'm probably just mm-hmm. expressing my own frustrations onto you. Yes. Not the other way. Absolutely. Around. Yeah, I mean, like, um, even with me, I mean, in my own experiences, I've definitely been one to project, you know, my own, uh, I guess, my, my own hangups onto other people. I guess not in the sense of mm-hmm. blaming, but, like, in a sense of just, like, overall aggression, where I can kind of mm-hmm. see that I haven't... Uh, all the way dealt with the emotion of like disappointing someone or not mm-hmm. coming through like I expected to and things of that nature. So it makes a lot of sense as far as self-awareness goes um, from, from what you're saying is like, okay, I'm accepting myself right now. If I could, mm-hmm. if I could do something different in the future, what would I do? And mm-hmm. um, I think the biggest part of it is, is, is the self-acceptance part because at mm-hmm. that point you're able to separate your yourself from the situation um, and you can kind of manage things with more of a logistical air rather than uh, emotional charge. Yes, because if we think about it, we're human, right? We are completely human. We make, we make mistakes, and that's okay. Like, that's going to occur. As long as you're human, you're going to make some type of mistake. You're going to, you're going to be mad at somebody. You're going to maybe cut a person off. You're going to maybe say the wrong thing. And it's not about the mistake that happens to be there. It's the willingness to come back and say, guess what? That wasn't the best decision. Um, I am, whether it's, it's, it's apologizing or saying something out, but being vulnerable enough with your people and say, look, I made this mistake. It actually wasn't, I wasn't upset about you. Um, it, it was, it, that was my own thing. The thing that really just tweaked me is that I'm going to be accountable to how I show up and how I did things. Just in future reference, please do A, B, and C. And going to show that. You that say that to people and you haven't naturally done that, first of all, they're going to look at you like you're an alien. They're going to be like, what in the world is he talking about? Consciously. <laughs> you know, subconsciously, they're going to, they're going to yeah, mark that as, as, a, as an opportunity and see what's going on. Because they're going to be like, I don't know if I can fully trust this person and what they just said. But if you do that consistently mm-hmm. moving forward, they're going to go to the ends of the earth for you. So for, um, so for someone... Uh, that let's say doesn't really consider themselves to be much of a leader. Um, mm-hmm. What are some great ways to start expanding on that skill set? Because leadership at the end of the day is a skill set. Um, how can someone go mm-hmm. from zero to a hundred as far as their leadership skills over the next couple of years or so? 
how would you expect that to play uh, out? I, I know it's, it's different on yeah. a case by case basis. Oh, of course. But I just mean like general overview of like how someone can develop their leadership skills. Well, I'll do it. I'll put it in three things because I I just it's easier for me to go ahead and be able to do it. The first thing I would do is I would begin to take accountability for everything that's occurring in your life. Mm-hmm. Like just 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 be accountable for it. You're you're accountable to not the things that happen to you, but how you respond to them. So if mm-hmm. you find yourself in a place where you're just like, well, my boss made me do this, and my wife is this, and my kids are this, or the, the governor or Donald Trump is this, and that's what made me happen, just take accountability for yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you got pissed yeah. because you chose to get pissed, that's okay. It's the mm-hmm. same thing as being happy. Like if, if, you, if you're happy, it's not because the sun is shining outside. It's because of how you responded to seeing the sun. So just take accountability for yourself. That's all you have to do because that's the only thing you're really re- – you're responsible for your accountability of yourself and the impact you create on others. So that's okay. the first thing. The, the second thing I would do is very similar to, to anything else I do is I create a vision for my life. And it may just be for a month. It doesn't have to be – when I say my life, it doesn't mean like all of eternity. It may be for the next month, <laughs> two months, six months, you know, like six hours for some okay. people. But just create a, create a vision. And what I mean by that is you go ahead and you think about, like I said with that, that lady who was um, thinking about being in that bikini, think about what kind of life that you want to have. So if it's like in the next 12 months, I, I, want, to, I want to be at a place where people just feel so in, like enthusiastic from being around me, then picture that in your mind. 12 months at least, just say 12 months, it gives you your brain something to focus on as you're moving towards it. And as you're there, just go ahead and say, all right, um, I, I, this is what I want to be seen as. When you do that thing, how would you feel? And you go, well, I feel enthusiastic, I feel fulfilled, I feel joyful. You're like, okay, those are the things you're actually going to train. It's going to be the enthusiasm, the joy, and the fulfillment. Now, the next step would be like, okay, I'm going to feel that today. I'm not going to wait till a year from now to experience it, but what, what vehicle would help me best be able to get there? And for some, it's reading. For some, it's finding like a mastermind group. For others, it's going to be getting a coach. Like there's numerous ways you can do it. That's up to you to decide of what vehicle works best for you. And the third thing is take action on it every single day. So to make it more practical, mm-hmm. like like all right, I want to I want I want to become better at asking better questions, you know. So what guess what mm-hmm. I would do? I think about twelve months because to me I, I think that the depth of your leadership is based on the depth of the questions you can ask. So I go ahead and I say, all right, in twelve gotcha. months I want to I want to go ahead and, and become a better question asker. If that was present today, how would I feel? Like I feel I I feel fulfilled. So what I'm actually doing every time I ask a question is I'm training the fulfillment that happens to be there. Now, what is a vehicle I can use to be able to do that? One of the greatest question-asking skills you can gain is listening and conducting podcasts. You know? Uh, Because as you're you're doing that, guess what? You're going to become a better question-asker. You're going to have to uncover things that are happening for people. You're going to want to know how to become an active listener because – Questions is all about listening, right? So, as you're as you're doing that, you're asking better questions. You're getting better at it, and it's like, all right, well, if I know it's going to be in 12 months and be able to do that, how many times do I want to conduct? How many interviews do I want to conduct? You know, so that's when you can go ahead and say, well, I want to conduct 100 interviews. Okay, put it in the calendar. <laughs> you know, put it in the calendar because you know, like every day. You want to be doing something towards that podcast, something that's going to help you. Like you, either you're listening to a podcast. So one day you're conducting a podcast. Mm-hmm. Every day you're listening to a podcast. Maybe on the third day you're looking up how to become better at podcasting, right? Yep. So everything is like Absolutely. you're just like consumed about podcasts. And then what ends up happening is you, you set up a system that will guarantee you become a better question asker. Because you already fulfilled uh, okay. every time you go ahead and take it. That's the secret. It's like you set up a system that, that allows your brain to succeed. 
which is taking action on you know, it daily. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot that's of sense. I, that's, that's how yeah. I feel. So, mm-hmm. so what you're saying really makes sense to me because um, I've intuitively followed that same direction where I've created an mm-hmm. environment or a system where I can follow mm-hmm. my life's passion on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. Um, for me, it's like I, I love people and I love seeing them get to their capacity. So one of the ways I express mm-hmm. that is business. I love business, you know, because like I just do. I just love learning about companies. I love reading like yeah. like like earnings reports. Like I love learning those different things that happen to be there because entrepreneurship mm-hmm. is is one of the most amazing ways you can create impact for people. So for me, absolutely. Um, in my day to day, I had to learn that people don't buy features, you know. They buy the results they think are, it's going to give them. So in Absolutely. selling IT and, and doing those things, I had to learn about business. Because talking to an engineer who cares about things that spin left and right is fundamentally different than the person who, who pulls the purse strings. Because what they care about is what's the return I'm going to receive? Like what, what, how is this going to enhance my business? How is it going to make a better experience for my employees or my customers? And so what that led me to do was start looking at ways that will be able to deliver those results that they're actually looking for. And so it made me, it, had, it challenged me as a leader to fundamentally change my way of communicating with people. And so I moved wow. from talking about the technologies and what it does and how it compares to other technologies you talking about the results that I deliver. So point in case, we had a customer that's, that's a $100 million company, and they do, um, and they, they're a learning platform. And so mm-hmm. up until five years ago, 70% of their customers were, were conducted by people going to physical locations, you know? Um, and so right. they go, they, they, like most people like, just went to an actual learning center, they went there, they learned information. Well, long behold, in the last 12 months, there's been a drastic change from people not wanting to physically go to locations, but to be able to conduct the trainings online, right? So uh, this, fund, this means a fundamental transition and change in their business model. So they're at a place where, man, we've always been kind of a brick and mortar. How do we, how do we bridge right. this gap to getting people what they want? Because we don't really know what to do. So I could go ahead and tell them about my solutions and everything that they need, but rather I go to them and say, what you guys need more than anything else is an experience that the customer, that your customer can always access your information anytime they want to, while also having a fundamental different experience than your competitors are doing, which the key thing is going to be video. And not just video, but the quality of the video that you're delivering to them. So they can go ahead and hop on the platform, they can share their video, they can see their instructor sharing video, and they can really connect with their classmates. And they were like, yeah, that totally makes sense. So then the other thing is you need to make sure that application is always running. And if there's any issues, you can troubleshoot it in seconds, not having to go on the mystery ride of, of where it's going on. Plus, you need to know with the transmission and getting that information, if you don't have solid connection, they're not, you're not going to be able to deliver the video in the first place. So you need to be able to monitor and manage everything that's happening in your environment. And I'm talking to the CRO. He's like, that's exactly what we need, you know? <laughs> I'm like, okay. Right. And here's how you do it. Bam, 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 bam. And I, I, I said that to mm-hmm. the CRO. He's like, all right, work with my team to get it done. I go to the IT team and I say, I was like, you need this, you need this, you need this, and you need this. And they're like, boom, that sounds great. Because now they don't actually have to go sell anything up the chain. When they show them a couple million dollar bill, the, the people up top are not going to be like, what? What is this for? Now they know this is going yeah. to give them a distinct advantage. Totally different. Mm. Leadership. I see. That makes what a lot of sense. Salesperson versus a leader. A salesperson goes in and thinks about, I got, I got seven, I got a seven widgets in my bag, and I'm going to find something that you want to have there, right? 
And they're going to look at them and be yeah. like, well, I have this widget and I have this widget and I have this widget, and I'm going to find a way to manipulate you to want my solution. Whereas a leader comes mm-hmm. in and says, all right, I do have seven things in my bag. I may have any more things that happen to be there. What are you actually looking for? Tell me, describe to me what that looks like. And they go ahead and they describe things for you, and you know that maybe you don't have that widget, or maybe your widget only does 30% of what they actually are asking for, but you know another widget that knows it, that can be able to do that. You go to that person and say, guess what? I'm not the right guy for you to talk to. You know who is the right, right. guy? This person right here. So I'm going to give you an introduction. I'm going to describe them exactly what you're looking for. Their personal value and being able to be there, that's the person you want to go engage with. Guess what ends up mm-hmm. happening? You go ahead, number one, you serve, you, serve, you serve them. You've also served that person that's in your network. And because of that, and, and like I look at it as kind of you reap what you sow, because of that, you may have not gotten that deal that's directly in front of you, but you'll have three more that will come down the street because that guy was going to look at you like you're a freaking unicorn and be like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> you know, because nobody, like everybody in the business world is out for themselves, but this person just truly helped me and gave me the information that I needed. And mm-hmm. let's say that guy ever goes anywhere else or he's talking to his friends, he's going to remember that experience. And he's going to go, I'm like, holy, just like I said about the Tesla. They're going to remember that experience and say, holy crap, you've got to meet this guy. And he's going to find three other friends that may need your service and exactly what you do. And all of a sudden, you're going to start having people attracted to who you are as a person. That's the biggest difference. Wow. That's being a leader, (laughs) not just a salesperson. Jeez, that is deep right there. I mean, that is some really, that that's really some made a level stuff right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, it's true. Because, I mean, like, when you think about the amount of, the, when, when you think about the amount of sales products that are sold uh, based on technique and, like, these mm-hmm. one-liners and, like, these closing mm-hmm. tactics, um, mm-hmm. none of that crap really matters if you can't be authentic, if you can't be vulnerable, if you can't take accountability. Um, I mean, you, you mentioned so many um, other things as well, factors that, 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 that go into leadership um, that none of these products or these uh, sales books are explaining, essentially. No. Now, I'm sure there are some, there's like very few, there's probably like a 5% or 1% or sort of thing where mm-hmm. like there are products out there that are actually teaching these this stuff. But, I mean, for the most mm-hmm. part, though, um, we're strictly focused on the superficial um, mm-hmm. give-take sort of, uh, sort of dynamic and leadership. Mm-hmm. I, I can see like the, the idea of understanding leadership is definitely transcending that. But, but that's amazing to see that, that type of revolution. Yeah, and I think that's, that's something you're, you're, we're watching it as the most, I, I consider it the best time to ever be alive. Um, number one, because the only time I've been alive, so it's the best time to be alive. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it really is like if we look at humanity as a whole, and we looked at kind of how the shared economy is really starting to pick up and take off. Um, it's a very interesting thing because connection with this, is, we, we've been the most connected technologically we've ever been in humanity, but also the most disconnected we've ever been. Because it's like in a moment's notice, I, I'm, here we are having a deep conversation and we're miles apart from one another because we met on a technology platform, right? And I can have the same conversation in 10 minutes with somebody that's sitting over in Australia where we can hop on a phone Uh completely without having to pay hundreds of dollars per minute like it used to be back in the day and do it absolutely for free with technology. So I think there's there's, there's this transition and change where in, in business and in society, people want people to be transparent. They don't want to be snake oiled or anything that happens to be there and it's at that space that if you do engage in those kind of activities, your reputation mm-hmm. is your currency, you know? So if you're not being Absolutely. reputable and you're not being honest, you're not being transparent, they're going to want those things. Mm-hmm. But I think about it like the other day I was, um, I was talking to a gentleman and he was like, well, um, there's, there's this one guy that sells these courses. And he's like, man, I took their course 
And it, it, like the course was okay. Like a, a lot of that stuff I found, I could find by going to Facebook's free course, you know, but it was just the way he treated people, you know, like the way he treated people was horrible, you know, to the point that it actually caused people to want to go after him and figure out like there's something he's hiding up his sleeve and being able to do things to the point where like they started like attacking his business and lawsuits and all these things started occurring. And wow. I said, I said, yeah, achievement is a science. You can achieve with all you wanted to be. But the thing is, mm-hmm. what's the foundation your house is built on? If your house is not yes. built on a very solid foundation. Like we found out from all these hurricanes and everything else like that. Your house can be swept out yes. into the sea. <laughs> Poor Puerto Rico, right? Their infrastructure is tarnished. Yes. Yes, all it takes it really is one is. storm and, and, the, and your island's done. Yeah, that's why it's going to come to a place where if you're not a leader and you're not authentic and you're not a person of character, that currency is not going to come as it did back in the 80s and 90s or even the early 2000s. In the next 20, 30 years, people are going to be at a space where they're like, I really need to know I can trust the person and I need that person to be authentic Mm -hmm. because if not, my BS radar is so high and so elevated that yeah. mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just gonna i'm not gonna pay attention to you yeah I, mean, I, I always tell people that so i'm like in 2017 2018 like people's bs radar is at an all-time high compared to like previous histories right mm-hmm. it's because like yes people have already been through the game um you know like when you mm-hmm. think about like selling cars today in 2017 versus selling cars in 1980 um mm-hmm. it's very different about how things work right and also say this to people mm-hmm. too. It's like the reason why you want to be transparent and you want to be uh, you you want to be uh, genuine is because we just don't have the time anymore to read through all the stuff that you're 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 spinning to us. So like when I see like 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 people just want like the straightforward information these days in my experience. Like when mm-hmm. I create like landed pages and things of that nature, like people would rather just like get to the buy button of the product. Like they don't yes. really care too much about reading what I write anymore. You know, I still have to <laughs> write it. Relevant. Yeah. 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 I mean, like people read it if they're bored or if they want a little bit more information. But at the end of the mm-hmm. day, like they they've already decided to buy. Like because I was just so mm-hmm. up upfront and transparent with them. There's no like long mm-hmm. sales letter that they have to read to before they get to the buy button. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, you, you, right then and there. Yeah, the, you remember that long sales letter that you had to read and you had to go through just to learn their story and the backstory, everything happened yeah. to you? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, people don't care about that anymore. They're like, you know, I'm, I'm ready to buy today. So, like, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I think, like, like yes, we still want to be genuine. We want to be vulnerable. We definitely want to be honest. Um, just, mm-hmm. just because we want to build better characters. But... Mm-hmm. If you're the kind of person that doesn't want to build a better character, you just want to achieve, like you should still mm-hmm. be open, transparent, and honest anyway. Because other than that, you're wasting people's time. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. we're getting to the point where we're we're, we're now wasting people's time with our deceptiveness and our lies, lies, and mm-hmm. um, it's not really going to put us in the trajectory, put us in the trajectory to become better leaders, because. Mm-hmm. Um, we're already not going to be getting the, the types of results that we're looking for through the deceptiveness and through the tactics and all the other good stuff, just because we're, we're now wasting people's time. So to me, the most yeah. uh, honest people in the world are the people mm-hmm. that don't really take too much time to explain something. Like, think, think about this one. It's a really good point. I remember um, having a question with a guy and I said, what would happen if 98% of your customers never left you? How much sales and marketing would you need to do? Think about that. Mm-hmm. You know, like None. as a business, <laughs> if you if like, how much time would you have to spend in finding new leads and getting more traffic and being able to all these things if you had a a loyal raving fan base? And those yeah. who have the gr- greatest, I, I I love Russell Brunson explaining he he called it cult sure. you know, like you have this mm-hmm. kind of cult-like following that follows you, the people who do those mm-hmm. are completely authentic and genuine to themselves. 
And they're just like, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm about. You don't like this? That's okay. You can get out. And those who, and those who have, who have like that skill set and that way of doing things fundamentally different, right? Because you don't have to worry about all these hoodwinkings and being able to do stuff. You want to know something? I have a, a, a two-step page funnel, right? Mm-hmm. One step is a checkout page. The second step is the thank you page. That's it. If I need to build anything other than that, then it's, it, it's because I don't know them. And so I have to convert. Yeah. And so maybe it's a three-step. And you know what the first step's going to be? A video because I want you to connect yep. with me. I want you to have a conversation mm-hmm. with me virtually. And through there, we can begin to build that. That's why um, like even on Facebook nowadays, people are just randomly adding people to groups without ever having the conversation yeah. with them. And I, I, I spoke to a gentleman <laughs> last night where, where I said, he goes ahead and adds me to this group. And I go on there and I'm looking through it and I'm like, I bet $100,000 this guy has no engagement on his posts. He has three thousand people in there, my guess would be ninety nine percent of them uh-huh. be added, like just added them without their permission. And I go in there and his Absolutely. and his posts have like one or two likes each every single one of them. Oh boy. Yes. Of, of just like <laughs> that's going that's going on and they want to go ahead and choose I got I got three thousand members in my group in the last ninety days and you go in and like, yeah, because you, you just randomly grabbed a bunch of bodies that you found on the street and you just threw them in a duffel bag and just threw them in the in the truck and they're like, What? Where am I? And then so I go, ahead and I, I go ahead and I message him and I say, hey, thanks. I love the initiative and, and what you stand for. Can I just give you a little suggestion? Personally, adding people without their permission is the root to having people never wanting to buy your stuff. Mm-hmm. You, make, you make it a customer once, but you will not build a fan who will be loyal and will buy your stuff consistently. Thank you for your Absolutely. time. Hope this, hope, hope this serves you. His response was, um, well, I hope you enjoyed the group. I'll, 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 I'll unadd you as a friend, and um, I sell plenty of stuff. Talk to you later. That was it. I said, okay, that's fine. Oh, wow. All good. All good. Being yeah. able to do things. I'm like, and then I just showed me uh-huh. you're adding people as friends so that you can go ahead and give them as transactions, which means you eventually will fail. Because people will know that. Yeah. They will smell it a mile away. Yeah. Yeah, it's a taker energy. And the, <laughs> and the, and the funny part is going to be the people you do get as customers are going to be takers. And they're going to, you're going to be miserable working with them because they're going to have all kind of chargebacks, all kinds of things going on. And you're going to be like, why is this happening to me? Yeah. Yep. No, you're definitely right. We don't take the time to actually show people that you care. Just one of the, mm-hmm. I, I, I think we're, we're talking about leadership here. I think showing people that you care about what they care about um, is, is a great way to create that connection that can um, allow for influence to happen. Mm-hmm. Since without it, it's irrelevant. Who the hell cares? So what? You have 10,000 Facebook followers. What happens if you transform 10 people's lives? How different is that? I just want to say thank you so much again, Sylvania, for taking the time to uh, talk to me today. And obviously not only me, but the audience of people that will be listening to this um, episode today. Sounds good, brother. Well, thanks for having me on. And, um, and if anybody ever needs to get in contact with me, pretty much most of my yes. handles are Sylvania. So S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-A, last name spelled H-A-R-R-O-D. For the most part, there's not going to be too many Sylvania hurrahs you're going to run across. If you run across another one, that's mm-hmm. my dad. Um, and that's it. And eventually, <laughs> I'll be able to get close with me. Sounds good. Well, thanks it's, for having me on your show. So buddy. you have uh, in, absolutely. So they can reach you uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Yeah. All that's the same yep, name. All the above. All the above. It'll all be there. Um, not too hard to find me. Okay. Perfect. And again, thanks so much for having us. Um, or, well, thank you again for having yourself on a Mindset on Hustle podcast. All right. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. Wow. What an amazing discussion with Sylvania. I mean, just, just considering all of the things that we have to think about when it comes to leadership and how we influence the people around us, 
We really have to take time to think about how we can become better communicators, better lovers, and better leaders in order to not only prosper our own growth, but prosper the growth of the people around us. So this episode left us with a lot of thought-provoking pieces that I want each and every one of you to take the time to consider. I want you to think about how can you become a better leader? How, you can, you, how can you develop a better vision for your life? How can you start taking accountability for the things that happen to you today? Leave a comment, uh, drop me a message, send me an email, do whatever you can, but I want to hold you all accountable. This is why I want you to contact me. This is why I want you to comment. I want you to be held accountable for the actions that you take in your life to become a better lever. I want to engage with you all. I want to be the beacon of inspiration that way you can finally just start taking action and becoming the fullest potential that you know that you already are so like i said before think about how you can become a leader think about how you can influence the people around you drop a comment below tell me about how you're going to start becoming a better leader send me a message do whatever you can but let me know that way i can hold you accountable for becoming a better individual as I mentioned before, thank you again for listening to the Mindset on Hustle podcast. I'll see you soon. Take care, hustlers.